0: This is episode 13 with Tim Heinman. Welcome to At The Cause podcast. My name's JJ, your host, At The Cause, where each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you stay at the cause and not the effect. Let's get it. Tim, how are you doing? I am doing well, thank you, JJ. How are you? I'm doing really good. Yes, thank you. Man, I'm really excited to have you here to learn more about what you do uh you're somebody that is already very successful you have a business you're a young entrepreneur you're doing digital marketing agency type work you've also been able Mm to develop a lot of influence in that space and uh, connect with some really great people to become connected with a network you're able to sort of build on as well at the same time so for people listening give us a bit of an intro tell us about what you do and where it began
1: Oh, so uh, my name is Tim Heinem. I am the CEO and founder of T14 Marketing. We're a London-based marketing agency doing mainly, you know, like Facebook, Google, like online, digital paid advertising. Where did it start? You know, um, for me, I started my career at Deloitte. I joined them when I was 18 and I was working as a management consultant for them, like across the UK, across Europe, in the US as well. And it was something that I really, really enjoyed and I learned a tremendous amounts. But it kind of got to the point where I was like, I'm really not excited about the progression and the upward trajectory of what's available to me. I felt like I was being held back and the path forward for me was going to be really slow. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I was always someone who very identified as very entrepreneurial. I did a lot of like entrepreneurial things when I was young, but I kind of stopped that because I was like, oh, you know, that's not, not the path. And then I, and then I started to realise, I was like, actually, that is the path. I started getting involved with and getting around more and more entrepreneurs and business owners and people who work off doing their own thing. I was like, holy shit, Like that is exactly what I want to be doing. Like The, the values that they're exhibiting, the lifestyles that they're living, the, the path and the trajectory that they're on. All of those things were really exciting to me. And I was like, wow, like these are my people. And the way I'm going to spend more time with these people and become that kind of person myself is by going and being a business owner, entrepreneur. And so I then started working and studying for my, my own agency, working on my own team. You know, I, I've done a variety of different things. is like part of that path. So I did a little bit of like consulting with people, helping people with sales and like setting up their businesses, and, and then I found that I had a knack for firstly strategy, which is also kind of come from my time at Deloitte, and for marketing. And so when I started really focusing on that, we I started really growing the business, and we started getting really fantastic results for clients. So I was like, okay, there's definitely something here. I left Deloitte, went full time into the business. And since then, we've been growing really, really rapidly. And it's been a very exciting journey.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Really cool to hear that. And I think that there's a lot of value in seeing entrepreneurs out there, people that you admire, then looking at what those people are doing and then being able to sort of, in a way, reverse engineer their pathway, their success. And yeah, it it totally makes sense that you would sort of see that being displayed and then go ahead and start moving forward in that direction so uh, who was your first person you came across your biggest teacher let's say
1: who is my biggest teacher there's lots of options I, i i'm someone who deliberately have put myself around lots of big influences in my life you know when i was when i was growing up i didn't have a lot of the influences that I wanted in my life. And what I mean by that is, you know, like the the very first person, this is the answer. The very first person that I came across, I was like, holy shit, this is, this is who I want to be. Was Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. I think he's someone that's had a lot of influence in a lot of people's lives. You know, like I, I was always someone who used to listen to like a lot of like motivational videos, you know, because I was like, it, it was a positivity that I felt I didn't have. It was like a positivity and a drive forward that I felt I didn't have in my life at that time. And Gary v, I got I got shown like a Gary Vaynerchuk ad on YouTube. So like, I was just like watching random motivational black business entrepreneurship YouTube videos. And Gary V came on as an ad. And I can't remember exactly what it, the ad was, but i think he was just like roasting people for for like panicking saying holy shit like i'm failing i need to do this now and he just reframing it and giving them perspective and he was saying you know if you don't have the positivity and if you don't have the people around you right now that you're looking for who can give you that positive influence like just just put it in your ears like listen to a podcast listen to a book listen to an influencer who, who has that who has the, say, the lifestyle or the, the impact and the vibe and the energy that you want, and just surround yourself and drown yourself in that environment. And I did that. And, you know, I, I everything from listening to podcasts and books through to trying to, like, meet and build relationships with new people. And even I even changed the music that I listened to. Because a lot of the music that I listened to was, like, sad music or angry music. And I was like, well, what if I changed it? So now it was all about music, about trying to make themselves better. I did all of that. And the impact wasn't immediate, but I felt better because I felt like I had a plan. And then over time, it changed things. You know, over time, I got into better and better environments and groups of people. And I started listening and learning things. I started building skill sets. And, and suddenly the trajectory was changing and shifting upwards. And my relationship with myself was changing because I was no longer seeing, being so judgmental about who I am and the, like you know I, I had this fear that I was never going to be the person I wanted to be. you know And over time that that has been overcome, which is both very freeing and also very rewarding so that's that's the first really big impact someone had on my life
0: amazing that's really exciting I also have uh this, a similar story in that I think Gary Vaynerchuk was probably the first person I came across years ago uh there was the entrepreneurial person that you imagine sort of fitting that description so yeah very much yeah. uh inspiring left a big impact on me also so definitely resonate um yeah and totally made sense to only allow influences into your life that would actually serve you. So changing the music, you listen to changing the podcast, the books that you're reading, making sure it's stuff that actually helps you become the person you want to become more like. I saw, I had a great quote from Gary V a a long time ago. It was um, something like be close to the sun of what you want to be. So whoever it is that you want to be like, just be yeah. close to them, <laughs> just be around yes. them as much as possible. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, as you say, if you can't have direct access access to mentors for whatever reason, could be a location reason, uh, you can listen to books, you can listen to podcasts, things like this to have them their message going into your into your vibe, it's your brain. Yeah, Very, yeah. yeah exactly. at, at
1: this time, I was seventeen, so I didn't really have the financial resources. I didn't really have the ability to like go and do anything in an actual location because I had school, you know, and it was just this like okay. I'm trying to, and literally just like brainwash myself with this, with this kind of mindset and this way of viewing the world, worldview. And you know, it had actually a very positive impact because, for example, in school, I I never used to like really try. You know, a lot of that came from simply the fact that I I was just going through school, and particularly when I was younger, my my teachers always used to tell me is like. Oh, they'd say on parents' evenings, they'd say, Tim is one of the smartest children we've ever taught and he's going to fail because he doesn't work hard. And then every year I'd be like, well, I'm not failing yet. You know, fuck you. <laughs> and, and so I just had this like almost mindset of saying, you know, like I kind of don't need to. I, I'm, I'm better than that, which is obviously really stupid. And, and I said had this disillusionment this with school. And I was getting good grades, but it was never like I never achieved what I should have achieved because of that, and which is obviously all my fault. But towards the end, I started working harder, you know, because I was like, "Oh shit!" Like perhaps I actually want to do this, and it made me think about well, what is it that like I actually want to do, which contributed, for example, in me not going to university because. I was like, well, I can go to you know, like a, like a really nice, good university and I can learn the theoretical side of how business works. Or the other option I had open to me was I can go and work. I can go and work at a company such as Deloitte Management Consultancy of the largest in the world, works with the largest businesses in the world. And their role in that environment is to go and make these businesses better. I'm like, would it be beneficial to me to go and put, work alongside a load of really smart people who are actively in like actively working on making the biggest businesses in the world, even better. That's probably a good way to learn business. And that was like, then the decision that I made based off of the worldview and the mindsets that I was starting to really like push myself into.
0: Yeah, that's really strong. And that was, that was a great decision. I think, you know, you learn so much more from actually doing the job. And as you say, being around people, the smartest people in the world when it comes to this area of developing business absolutely going to get a better education than, than anywhere else. Um, So did you, you mentioned that earlier on in school, you had this worldview or this mindset, this illusion that you didn't have to try very hard, or you didn't feel that you needed to. Um, But then you said that you changed your worldview in listening to people like Gary Vaynerchuk and other mentors. Um, So what was it about feeling as if you didn't need to try very hard
1: that changed and how was that beneficial it was so i had so a levels which for non-uk people is kind of the what you study between ages 16 and 18 in a levels in my maths classroom there was a quote on the wall, and it said hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard and i thought about that for quite a long time because i was like Because up until that point, I was obviously a kid and I was just quite immature, and I was just like, you know, everything's easy. And when I was doing my A levels, my my advanced qualifications, if you will, pre college, they weren't as easy. They they weren't like extraordinarily difficult. Some of them were, but they they weren't as they were no longer that I could just sit back and I'd still be top of the class. And I was like, huh? I was like, what do I want to do? And I actually didn't do. It's like I actually worked quite hard. I worked. I actually worked really hard. I worked really hard at the beginning of my A levels because I had this aspiration to go and study at Oxford University. And I used to, I, I used to sit there. I did this for my GCSEs a little bit as well. I used to sit there and I'd be studying. And the way that I'd be studying without like wasting time on a computer or my phone or something was I had this like PowerPoint presentation with one slide and it had the Oxford university logo on it. And it was just like, that was it. And I just present my screen. So, so it just take up the full screen. It'd be black just with the Oxford logo in the middle. And that was my way of keeping focused because anytime that I looked up, I would see what I was trying to work towards. and I was like, okay, well, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to go and, do something else because i really want that but then what happened was i applied i didn't even get an interview i i just got a rejection and that destroyed for me what i was working towards i was was like well fuck like now what do i do and i had some very good friends who, who like helped me get over it so i wasn't like sad or angry about it but i lost my drive for going getting the education i was like "Well, what's the point of me working exceptionally hard getting all the top grades which i was capable of doing but then you know i just i didn't have the drive and just to confirm the question so i went on a little bit of a tangent the uh you asked what was it about the mindset that that changed Uh, yes
0: yes no that that is a really interesting story though how you had it on the on the screensaver or on your desktop to so yeah. you see that and work towards it um so in shifting your mindset you started to work harder in school and mm-hmm. what was it about working harder and not giving into this sort of inclination to take it easy because you could already get decent enough grades to get through what was it that really gave you that feeling of okay so i'm gonna change my approach and how did that help you
1: mm it was realizing what's possible and it's saying it was you know if you are if you are lucky like i am i was in that some things for easier for you than they are for other people do you want to just do kind of well relative to everyone or are you comparing yourself to other people that are like you because they're two very different things it's like you know someone who's naturally very athletic right it's like do they do they use their talents that they have and do they go and become you know a professional sports person or if they can't quite get there do they, do they max, make maximal use of what they've been given or do they just go oh you know like i've always been a fast runner and they stay top of their class but they never go and do anything else you know and it was it was that for me it's like do i want to try and go be kobe i i didn't know for example kobe at the time but it's like do i want to try and go be kobe or do i just want to be the the kid who like peaked in high school cuz he was a fast runner and a good athlete and was in a few, like a number of the sports teams like what well, what is what is important like what's important to me i was like well i'd rather go and play in, in the leagues where I feel that it's going to be a really challenge and I can see what's possible for me, you know? That was, that was the big thing. It was perspective of saying, hey, there's actually something bigger than just being top of the class, you know?
0: Yeah, makes sense. Really cool. So let's jump back to the present. And for people listening that might be in a similar stage of work themselves, perhaps they're a little bit younger, coming out of uh, school, mm-hmm or perhaps thinking about whether or not to go into university, or they might already be in university at that time, their first year, first couple of years, perhaps. So Mm -hmm. you're somebody that can really give a lot of perspective to people that are in that position and older people also, people that are later on. This is very inspiring to hear you talk about this. So tell us about what you're doing now with the agency work. Like where have you got to following all of this development that you did? You're at a position Mm -hmm. now where, tell us about what you're doing at the moment and, and how successful you are.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, from, you know, from 18, I was working at Deloitte. Um, at Deloitte, I was doing a lot of cool stuff. You know, like I, I was 19 and I was like like on a, on a, on a, on a like business paid for flights to like the US and to Europe and stuff uh, to the point where the people I'd be sitting next to on the plane wouldn't believe that I was there for work. They were like, oh, no, you're here for holiday, you know? Um And then after my time at Deloitte, uh, I was, there there was, there was an overlap where I would be working, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week at Deloitte. And then as well as that, I was doing entrepreneurial things. Now I say entrepreneurial things because it wasn't in the strictly sense of the words, like the same business I was doing now, but I was, I was finding entrepreneurial ways to make money and help people, right? And then really from the beginning of this year, really is is when everything got formalized, but more probably towards the end of like 2019 is when things started. Uh, At the beginning of this year, so 2021, I I formally started T14, which is the marketing agency that I run. You know, we at T14, uh, we have a tweet currently uh, we have 12 people working for us and for our clients. And, you know, people ex-Facebook, ex-Google, like, like really, really like high quality, very intelligent, hardworking people who are really good at what they do. And we get really fantastic results for our clients. You know, like we work for an absolute range of clients. Uh, I won't spec- I won't say names of our clients because of our client confidentiality. You know, like we work a lot with e-commerce brands, who selling you know, like fitness equipment, you know, like baby wear, you know, jewelry, and like quite a variety of things. Through to you know, like we work with some very you know New York Times best-selling authors, for example, selling their coaching programs that do millions of dollars a year in revenue. Through to even we even work with like a famous US rapper, you know. So it's like like we have we have real like range and you know, software companies and everything as well. Like we have a real range of clients that we work with now and we get really fantastic results. And you know, I quit my job at Deloitte. Um, we're making very, very good money, especially for someone my age, right? I won't say specific numbers, but we're doing very, very well. And but you know by the end of by the end of 2022, we should be doing more than a million, I mean, dollars and pounds, but more than a million dollars a year in revenue, we should be We're on track for that. And it's, you know, it's, it's a very exciting and rewarding journey to do. You know? So that that's a bit of the, I guess you say the, the, the factual growth of the business, if you will. But in terms of like growth of me in the journey that it's been through, when I decided to not go to university and I decided to go to Deloitte, that was... It actually wasn't that much of a difficult decision because I was like, oh, you know, this is what I should do. But it became really difficult when I was actually at Deloitte because I was sitting there working in an office until 9pm and I, I'd have snap, Snapchat open on my phone or Instagram. And I just saw all my friends who had gone off to university and they were posting their stories of like freshers weeks and all that kind of stuff. And it, I was I was questioning it and I was like, oh, you know, like, I think I'm just, you know, like missing, feeling like I can miss out a little bit. And then it kind of continued all the way throughout the first year. And I was constantly questioning, I was like, shit, like, should I, should I leave the lot and go to university? Even to the point where I I contacted my uh, what after Oxford was my first choice university, which was Nottingham University. I even contacted them. And I got them to agree to take me based on my work experience Deloitte the lawyer grades. So like I literally had had an offer available that I could that I could have taken. And I was constantly like arming and ring and you know, like asking people at the I was like, like who, who are good friends and mentors to me. I was like, what do you think I should do? And it took me, you know, 12, even 18 months of questioning before I really like accepted what I should be doing. And when I accepted that it actually changed quite a lot. So for example, my, my work performance significantly improved. So I no longer had all these like open questions in my head. It's like taking all the like the mental capacity. i like, shit, should I be doing this? Should I not? Uh, you know, it just massively reduced the, the stress and anxiety I was feeling, which suddenly freed up all that mental capacity to focus on like, to actually doing what I'm doing and, and being good at it, you know? And, and the same is true for when I decided to leave the like. You know, I was like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave Deloitte. I'm gonna leave the security. Uh De- Deloitte was also paying for me to do a degree at the same time. So when I left Deloitte, I also dropped out my degree. My parents were very proud of me, as you can imagine. You know, and I got a lot of feedback from people saying, Hey, like, should you like you really need to consider this because you're leaving an exceptionally good job. You're dropping out of your degree as well. It's like, why don't you just wait another 18 months, get your degree? I was like, Yeah, but if I wait another 18 months, then it's going to be like, well, why don't you just wait another three months for, for X arbitrary reason. And it's only six months away from this. And I saw so many brilliant people at Deloitte who are like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm going to leave. And then it's like 10 years later. Now they've got families and they've got commitments and they've got this identity of who they are. And it becomes so difficult for them to stray away from that. I was like, I saw it, I was like, I don't want that to be me, you know, because cause none of those people planned to do that. It was like death by a thousand cuts, if you will, you know, it's, it's the little like step that it, you allow that becomes another little step, another little step. And suddenly you're somewhere completely where you don't want to be, but it's so far, you're so far away from where you want to get to. It's like now it's actually intimidating because now it's a long way to go. I felt like I'd already done that to a certain extent as like, I, I can't allow this to continue. Cause if I allow it to continue, I'm going to end up going on this path that I never wanted or planned or imagined for myself.
0: Yes. Really powerful that you saw other people that had been there for a long period of time before. I don't want that to be me. I need to go ahead and do what my intuition is telling me is the right thing to do. I've also got friends Uh, similar they were in business school or doing some sort of business class or course and um, though I think it is that there is value in doing some of these programs because some of them are really really good Uh, some of them some people that I know however did drop out became successful doing the job that they were learning to do uh, by just going ahead getting their hands dirty and starting to do it themselves Um, actually in practice you learn a lot more but yeah at the same time there are some some great business schools out there so uh people that are doing that might not be the case that they should drop out but it depends on what is right for you definitely sounds as if it's the right choice for you however because you are already in Deloitte this incredible company and to be in that position uh, and then to make the call that hey well I'm going to move forward and do my own do my own thing now so so what what was it like when you made that jump tell it walk us through that final day of of being at Deloitte where you handed in your notice effectively
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was, um, it was scary, you know, because what I was doing was I was making a really big bet on myself basically. And it's, I mentioned that I changed my music taste a lot. And what it is currently almost exclusively is I just listened to Russ, the rapper. He's got like 400 tracks. I have like 250 of them in a playlist basically. And a lot of the lyrics that he sings and a lot of some of the things he says, I listen to it and I'm like, damn, that's, that's quite profound. You know? And something that comes to mind now is, for example, he, he talks about going all in on himself. It's like, I don't bet, but I'm betting all in on myself. You know? Uh, I, I'm flying on wings built from leaps of faith. You know? Some of the things like that, and it's it, that kind of really summarises how it felt for me because I was like, look, you know, I've been doing, I was at Deloitte for about just under three years. And I was like, well, I, I feel pretty good. I feel quite confident about what I'm doing here. I, I feel like I could go on and I could be very successful within Deloitte. Or, you know, I can leave Deloitte at a later stage, go into like another job and, and see where I go. So it had to be this, you know, as Jordan Peterson would say, it's, I had to really consider like, well, what am I willing to sacrifice? You know, like, Am I willing to sacrifice? I leave Deloitte. The business doesn't work out. For any reason, I can't get back into Deloitte. And now suddenly I'm like, shit, like I've just wasted five years of progressing at Deloitte, doing well, going, doing the business. Business doesn't work out. And now I'm, you know, I didn't go to universities like, like, am I able to build from that point? Am I okay with that happening? And the answer was yes. It's like, I'm going to do obviously everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen. But am I okay with the worst case scenario? It's like, well, yeah, I am. And because I was okay with that, I was like, well, I need to just go and do this then. You know? And I've made the leap and now it's going very, very well. But at the time there was so much like fear and indecision. And and to your point, JJ, of what you said about, like there are some fantastic business schools and not everyone should drop out. Like I completely agree. Uh, Again, as Jordan Jordan Peterson would say, generally speaking, if you don't know what to do, you should just do what everyone else does. Because there's normally a very good reason why people do that. And if you want to not do what everyone else does, you should have a pretty fucking good reason why not. And for me, I felt like I had a pretty good reason why not. You know. Is it, like, is it a good decision for every person in the world just to just go and quit their job and, and go and do this like crazy idea that they have? Like, probably not. It's probably not a good idea. But I had a lot of confidence in what I was doing. I was already seeing some success. I knew a lot of other people in this space who were doing this very well and were achieving great success. And I was like, well, can I go and do what they do with their help? But yeah, I can. I feel good about that and given all the information that I had about me, I felt quite confident I could be successful and when I was thinking about it probabilistically, it's like what's the chance of success versus failure, What is that a, is that a, a chance and a risk that I'm willing to take and for me that equation came out quite positive and so I said yes and so I chose to leave I better myself. And after making that decision, after leaving, I felt really good, you know, because it's suddenly saying, hey, like, I actually can do this because not only have I kind of like had the thoughts about like, yeah, you can do it. I'm now taking major action to like based on those beliefs. So they're not just like this, like, like kind of like fake belief of like, yeah, you know, like, like affirmations, like, yeah, like, like I'm the greatest. It's like, no, like, I'm actually taking actions on the path, which is the path I would take if I was the greatest, you know? And, and so like when you start, you know, your, your thoughts, your words and your actions all start to align and they align towards something really cool. It's very, very rewarding.
0: Amazing. And that sounds like you you had a very measured way of making that decision, which is really really key. I think that's very, very strong. Um, and yeah, as you say, rather than having just affirmations, things that people say that m- might not truly believe deep down, you actually had real beliefs based on the information you had about yourself, and what you're going to do next. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, the, the risk of it not working out when they quit their job, or they leave school to go pursue something else, they might be more driven to, to accomplish is too much. But in a lot of ways, you never really know until you know. And wouldn't you rather find out before you die? <laughs> if this is just a finite existence that we have, and we yeah. get one shot, one up, like Gary V says, right? One, one bat, essentially, one up a bat. The baseball reference, I don't really understand. I think it's something to do with <laughs> know, getting up there and you could strike out, but <laughs> yeah. um I think it's really, really great. Uh, I have a similar, well, uh, in some ways, similar story. When I quit my job, it was to go ahead and start a consulting business. And mm-hmm. I had less of a measured way of doing it. I just kind of went into it and and it worked out. But it was, uh, uh, I also felt very good having gone through that process quitting. There's, there's a sense of you You feel more alive that way. Now it's all on the line. You mentioned at the beginning of the story um, a moment ago that would you be willing to sacrifice what you have, and it not work out, would you still feel okay about it? And you were okay with it. I think so many people don't realize that it's that sacrifice that leads to your adventure. Like it's only in sacrificing the comfort, the security of what you have now for something greater that you can actually experience what every masculine person, whether man or woman, wants, which is that adventure. So, what is it? What is it like to be on this adventure compared to? Security, so I'm sure there's pros and cons, but give us an insight.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it's like being out and hunting. And rather than having like you being in a cage where food is delivered to you every day, you know, it's like it's like I, I've seen a number of articles. I don't know, I've never verified their authenticity but it talks about when you take like a predator, like a lion or a tiger, and, and it's in, in captivity in a zoo. And they're very docile and lazy uh, because they just get given food every day. And when you take them out of that and you release them back into the wild, they just change. It's like they, they don't just continue sitting around and then they die. It's like, no, like you put them back into their environment and they go out and they hunt. And when they hunt and they bring down animal, it's like, and they, they bring down food and they can feed themselves and their family. So that's a very rewarding experience. You know. And then sometimes those animals get put back in cap- captivity again and they go lazy again. And for me right now, I feel like the, I, I've unleashed myself and I've allowed myself to be the person that I always knew I had the potential of being. And now I am acting in accordance with that person. And it's it's no longer like, for a long time, I was always going like, I was always asking myself like, like, who am I? I was trying to be that person. And so, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm someone who really values honesty, right? And then I, I'd try and force honesty through my life and you know that would result because it wasn't it wasn't a natural occurrence it was like me saying you know i I need to be really honest so i'd be like obviously honest but also you know like i'd be like i need to be really honest with all my relationships so then i'd be rude to people right because i was like oh that's who i'm meant to be and you know I, i used honesty as an example there's loads of examples right and Right now, it's I'm not I I've I've i moved away from that, and it's not a conscious, deliberate thing that I've done. But it's like I no longer I, I was always doing that while I was in quote unquote captivity. I was always like trying to be the, the the predator. Whereas now it's just like no, like now honesty is natural to me because it's the most efficient way of being. Because I am rewarded directly based on my efforts, and I mean, more than just the effort, it's the, the value that I bring. And so how can I bring maximum value? And how can I conduct myself in a world where value is rewarded? Well, I need to become a valuable person. And I need to do valuable things. And one of those things, for example, is being honest. So people know when they speak to me, if I'm saying, hey, this is a fantastic idea, Or if I'm saying, hey, I think you need to seriously consider X and Y variable because those can be the massive determinants on this. And some of those things are very unlikely to happen. People know that I'm being honest. Like I'm not saying that with any form of agenda. Even if someone's coming to me and they're saying, hey, like we'd love to work with T14 or we're considering working with T14, which is my agency. Even when people do that, I'm not taking any clients. And there's a reason for that. You know, I want to work with people who we're going to get fantastic results for, and they're going to pay us a tremendous amount of money to do that, and they're going to get much better results working with us than they will working with anybody else. Right? It's like I, I want people to pay me a tremendous amount of money. I can't, I can't just be like, like walking around going like, oh, you know, just bumbling around doing not much. I can't do that and expect people to pay me lots of money. I need to be going out getting them fantastic world-class results. I need to be making them even more money than they're paying me so that they want to pay me even more. I, I want to create a, an environment where it's like, well, like every time I pay Tim more money, he seems to make me even more. It's like, I, I want to continue giving Tim all my money because it just comes back to me with a massive multiplier on it. That's the, that's the environment that I'm trying to create. And to do that, I need to become the person capable of doing that, you know? And it's like all of that and that journey and that mindset, at least for me, was never there when I was employed. You know, when I was employed, I was just doing what I was meant to do. And even when I was like, you know, I was looking for opportunities to go beyond the, the scope of my, this is what I'm meant to be doing in my job. Even when I was looking for that, it's like it wasn't, you know, it it wasn't the same, anywhere near the same. It is it's vastly different. And so, yeah, like the really big difference is when when you're eating what you hunt, it's like you're now extremely focused on like, how do I become a better hunter? How do I become a better human being? How do I become a better man? How do I become someone who's capable of Capable of inspiring others to be better and leading others to be better. Because not just my, I I don't want to be eating just what I bring in. It's like, I want to have a team and lead my team to be able to bring in even more than they'd be capable of doing individually or even more if they were together without me. It's like, I want to have a multiplier on them as well. Because then I can take a a, a part of the, the additional stuff that they're bringing in. So they can be rewarded even more And I can get say a commission on that, you know. It's because like like how how did you become a billionaire? It's like well, you have to have massive impact on a massive number of people, and then they just get a commission on the impact that they take. So how can I do that as much as possible? You don't get that in a job.
0: Yeah, I really agree. There's that saying we mentioned it on the podcast before. Excuse me. necessity is the mother of invention so Mm. when you don't know when you where your next meal is coming from there's a necessity for you to as you say become a person of value to practice principles like honesty and other principles like that that would make you a person of value what does that mean to you so you mentioned honesty are there anything else in terms of principles what does being a person of value mean to you
1: so you know Honesty, I say honesty, transparency. I use them quite interchangeably. Because I think they they mean the same thing, but they hit slightly different elements of it. So honesty is, you know, honesty with others, honesty with yourself, you know, be, being honest and open and, and just real about how things are. So you can deal with reality. Right. You know, rational, rational being rational. That is a big value for me. I'm someone, I, I'm not like an extraordinarily emotional person, right? I do cry sometimes, mainly if I'm watching something like, like DIY SOS or something, maybe like a cool YouTube video. And I'd be like, wow, that's really like profound. You know, I get a few, little, little bit of tears. I, I don't really do sad crying, but I'll do like inspired crying, you know? But beyond that, or being like quite happy, I, I'm not an overly emotional person. I'm very rational. And I, I think rationality is important because you can make you can make logical decisions based on the reality of the world. Right. And, and these are some of the, the hierarchy of my, my principles and my values, right? Honesty at the top, because you need to be, need to be real. And, and if you're not basing anything on, on the reality of something, then it's pointless. Second is rationality, because it because you need to be honest and you need to be rational. To, for example, have my third value, which is self esteem. Because I don't want to do anything at all that's going to be negative or that's going to negatively impact my self esteem. And, you know, there's lots of like questions and debates like, does self esteem exist? All that kind of stuff. To me, it doesn't really matter. It's the point is, is, is this building you up or is it going to take you down? You know, are, are you living your life for yourself or for other people? And it's to me, it's very, very important. Nathaniel Brandon has a fantastic book, um, Six Pillars of Self Esteem, about that. That's very important to me. But it can't come before honesty or rationality, because then you, it breeds ego. For example, you know, and it's, it's like, it is, you know, it's like, there's a reason they're in this order. You know, um, some of the other values that I have, where the order is a bit less important, I value health. I think that's important. I value adventure. I don't want to be someone that just does the exact same thing every single day. You know, I, I want to be going out. I want to be learning new things. I want to be meeting new people, having new experiences, learning new things about culture, You know, developing and using new skills. All those things are very important to me um, due to both the, the positive experience of life it would, it would bring and also the growth, you know? And I like to surround myself with people who have similar aspirations. Um there's a few more but but those are the ones that are most kind of important to me right like honesty rationality self-esteem and then adventure and health you know um and you can throw in things like growth and you can throw in like they're they're all variations of the above those are my values and how they kind of fit together
0: yes really good i think that that hierarchy as you say is really really key because you've got the honesty as that primary then below that you have the rationale And then self esteem. I really like what you said about not engaging or doing anything that would have a negative impact on your level of self esteem. But at the same time, having those first two pillars, your values, as being honesty and rationale, to not let self esteem be replaced by ego, by development of your own ego. I think that's really positive. And it's the right way of doing it. I think so many people do things that damage their own self-esteem without really thinking about it or realizing it because perhaps it's habitual. Maybe even things as core to their lives as the job they do or uh, their day-to-day. There can be things that people do that negatively impact their self-esteem. And I don't think I've ever quite realized it to this moment. How crazy is that? (laughs) To sort of do things daily that would impact you in that way. So, Mm Where did those values come from? How did you put those together? And how does it shape and change the way that you do things?
1: Uh, they came from a lot of trial and error. And I sort want to comment slightly on what you were saying about how crazy it is that people, the, the words that I use is people live their lives for other people. And, you know, like some examples of, of how I've done this. Right. So for example, when COVID first hit and I I, I was living in London and I'd, I started renting an apartment in London or, or a room in a flat house chair. and I was three months through my tenancy and then COVID hit and I didn't say, so I didn't live there for basically the last final three months of my tenancy, I was a tenant there for six months and I just paid my landlord three months of rent for the sole reason of not wanting to inconvenience them for them having to go and find another tenant during covid so so that cost me thousands of pounds to just not want to inconvenience them and it's like like, why did i do that Like, like i didn't really have any relationship with the landlord I, I would be fully within my rights just to cancel the contract. But I was just like, you know, I, like, like I wanted to do it, but I was kind of like, uh, you know, I don't really want to like put them in a bad position. It's like crazy. It's like, well, why, why did I do that? Like, like they, they didn't thank me for doing that. They wouldn't even know that I'd done it. And there's so many things that we do in our life where it's like, you know, there's so many things we do, or particularly that I, I was doing at least where I was doing it with an almost like an expectation where it's like, oh, you know, like I, I'm cleaning up the kitchen and, and my family or my housemates, they're going to appreciate that. And then no one would comment on it. And then I'd resent them a little bit for not thanking me for cleaning the kitchen. It's like, they didn't agree to that. They, they, didn't, they didn't say, hey, Tim, can you clean the kitchen? It's like, no, like I chose to do that. And then I chose to be resentful to them for not appreciating me. It's like like how fucked up is that? I'm creating my own negative experience of life. And I'm creating my own like, like world of like, oh, people don't appreciate me for things that they like like why would they? Yeah, you know, there was never an agreement for me to do that. I'm creating this like obligation for them to to thank me for doing something. Yeah, you know, it's like like imagine imagine someone comes in and they like clean your bedroom for you but you like how it was and now, now they have like messed up and then so you're like, bro, like, why did you tidy my room? And they're like, oh, well, you could be grateful that I tidied your room. It's like, no, like that there's a very clear disconnect there where if you'd gone away and you'd agreed something with someone, you would have found out or they would have found out that, they didn't, that you didn't want them coming tidy tidying the bedroom, you know, because your private space and whatever rationale you have. And, and so it's like, uh, agreements and obligations is something I, I know we discussed recently, JJ, in, in a group setting. But, you know, agreements and obligations is so important. And what I mean by that is you need to make, you need to live your life. And this is you know, part of honesty and rationality as well and self-esteem is you need to make agreements with people. And anywhere where there's like, you know, feelings like obligation, anywhere you need to address that, which requires honesty and rationality and self-esteem, where, where it's saying, hey, like, hey man, uh, I feel like you're not doing your part to clean the house. For, I'm using cleaning as an example. It's an easy example. It's like, you're not cleaning the house. Now, I know we've never discussed this, so there's no agreement in place, but this is something that's causing me to kind of like get frustrated sometimes. So I think it's important that we make an agreement right? And then you agree that, you are know, like, I, I'm going to go and tidy the house on a Monday each week and you're going to go and tidy it on a Thursday, right? So, so the house gets cleaned twice a week and we split it 50-50 and it's fair, right? Now, now then if I don't go clean the house on the day that I agreed to, you now have, a, like, you have a fair reason to be annoyed at me because I said I was going to do something and I didn't. If we never made that agreement, and you're annoyed at me for not cleaning the house. Like, why? Like you failed to set the, set the agreed standard. And you can apply that, for example, to business. So it's like with business, I, I always, I'm like, look, this is how everything's going to work. Is that okay with you? Is there anything else that I haven't said that, that you feel is missing? Or anything else you're looking for? Because it's like, it's important. It's important that we start on the same page. And there's no feelings like where, where, you know, the client's like, oh, I thought you'd be doing this and I haven't seen it done. Like all of that. Or, you know, like the client's slow in getting us the 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 resources and the, the things, the assets that we need to be able to do our job. And then it's like they're slowing things down, but then they're also angry at us because we're not running to time. It's like, yeah, but, you know, as, as we agreed, if you're slow in giving us, you know, access, et cetera, then it's going to slow the whole thing down. And we agreed that. Okay. So that's quite important. Um, what was your I, I keep going on these tangents and I forgot the original question you asked. Was, now this, was, this was a really
0: good tangent. I think it's, I think it's absolutely very important. Uh, the, the initial thing that we were talking about was when people do things that damage their self-esteem. And mm-hmm. I suppose that in a way you could say that in assuming other people have the obligation to act in a certain way, assuming that expectation of people, even as you say, when you haven't agreed anything with them, you're creating a negative experience for yourself. And I think that's a really key point that you raised. It's possible, and we need to be more aware of this, to create negative experiences for ourselves, ourselves, what we're doing on ourselves, rather than being rational, being honest about what you believe there should be an agreement on, and then making the move to establish that agreement i think that it's really really positive that you raised yeah Mm.
1: yeah it's um yeah you know it's i i'm a huge proponent of ownership as well so so that also falls kind of into my my values but i i group a lot of values under different things so i group ownership for example under self-esteem um but you know what do i mean by ownership i believe that pretty much everything's my fault now not everything's within my control and it's important to differentiate that because if you're trying to control things outside your control that's going to negatively impact your self-esteem but it's also important to not not like de- delegate the like responsibility completely you be like hey look like someone should have done that not my fault you know so in this case it's saying you know negative experience No, I believe nearly all negative experience is self-inflicted. Because, you know, like like how easy is it for someone to like, you know, if if you say something and I get angry, it's like, you didn't make me angry. You said something. So so, something happened in in my environment. If I make it very like self-orientated, something happened in my environment that I looked at and and it caused me to get angry you know it's like there's no like offense is taken not given you know that saying and so it's like everything and this is part of why i value value rationality and and i actually don't tend to get along too well with overly emotional people because i'm sitting there like bro like why are you getting so upset about this you know like or, or why are you you know why are you so like angry all of a sudden or upset or afraid or you know like like doing things that aren't rational there's like everything is self imposed you know it's, it's it's you can imagine like two exact same situations where someone like where you insult someone and in the first scenario they get really angry and they insult you back and it explodes into this big fight or in the second scenario they just smile at you like you're cute, you know? Uh, and it's, you know, that, that, that scenario is sometimes used in, uh, it's probably a book you've probably read JJ, which is the way of the superior man. Mm. by David Dada, I think I pronounced his name wrong, but you know, in that book, it talks about, um it talks about masculinity and femininity. And I'm going to use man and woman for, for masculine and feminine, but obviously they don't always have to be that way. And, You know, it says like, if, if the feminine person, if the woman is very like angry and irrational, because generally speaking, more feminine people, are more emotional than masculine people, then it's like, how do you react to that? Should you, should you get angry in response? Should you try and you like just fix the problem, which is a very masculine way of viewing things? It's like, no, you don't have to. You can just be very calm and present and accepting and you can be the the rock that the rage can that the, the storm can rage on and, and by being that rock you can help sense the other person you don't need to get emotional to deal with things and so it's like when people are really emotional especially all the time i just i'm just like what are you doing you know? and, and, and so I, i'm a big believer that I mean, all emotion, but specifically negative emotion, is self-inflicted, and you can choose to not experience it. And it's not so much a choice in the moment; it has to be like a pre-made choice. It has to be like like a rule or a pre-made decision, where it's like, "Hey, look, like this is how I'm going to conduct myself in a certain in a certain situation." Because so when you don't have those pre-made rules, and something happens, you don't know how to react, and then you know, like sometimes people hate themselves because that they ended up in a new environment or a new situation they never encountered before. And they acted in a way that wasn't in alignment with their values, if they know what their values are, you know? They're like, oh my God, like I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. And it's like, well, it was a completely new environment for you. you, you like, it was something you'd you never even thought about experiencing. It's like, why do you expect yourself to suddenly act perfectly? Like, no, like you're going to be imperfect. That's how people are. And the way that you act more in alignment with who you want to be is you think more about who you are and who you want to be and how you end up interacting with different environments. And when you do that, you're gonna you're gonna like yourself more because you're more in alignment with who you want to be and, and who who you consider yourself to be. And you can be more rational. And you don't have to get upset about things, you don't have to get angry at yourself, you don't have to, you know, like like feel like embarrassed or like ashamed of things it's like no you can be more accepting of who you are you can be more courageous when you fight that and and when you view the world that way and you can have a happier more positive experience of life it's not always gonna be perfect but you can move your set point up you know
0: yes really powerful i think this is the practical value of knowing your values right so if you already know your principles it means that there won't be those moments like the ones that you mentioned when some people get angry they can't believe they said this or they acted in a certain way when they're in a new environment it's more likely that you'll act the way that you feel intuitively that you should if you're aware consciously first of your values and then pre-making that decision i think that's really powerful Mm. uh john sonnez speaks about this also we had him on the podcast where he spoke about pre-making decisions because in the moment when emotions are charged something's happening that is outside of your control and now it's your moment to either be emotionally appropriate or not to have pre-made the decision means that you're far more likely to not self-destruct to not destroy whatever it is that's in your environment so yes I think it's really powerful. And I, I love the way that you say that all negative experience is self-inflicted. It's not something I've ever actually thought about before. And I'm really glad that you raised that because that's something I'm going to really consider and think about. Uh, I really appreciate you, uh, Tim. So, hey, look, this podcast is called At The Cause, meaning to take action with intent. For somebody listening right now that wants to get started in creating them values for themselves or moving mm-hmm. forward to begin a new business or to perhaps Start growing a business they may already have. What can somebody do right now, listening to this, to start to make that step in aligning their thought word indeed in this way?
1: Cool. You know the 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 very first thing that someone should do is related to everything we've discussed, but not directly on it. The very first thing that that someone should do, because most people in life, th- this is something I've been thinking about a lot, and I think it's true. Most people in life, you know, like the reason why, like, like, why don't people read books, for example? Why, why don't people go and do anything that they feel like they should be doing? I, I don't think it's like, is it laziness? Maybe. Uh, in some cases, yes, I'm sure. But you know, in, in a lot of cases, like, you know, people can work really hard. So long as, so long as they have the right motivations. So I, I don't think it's laziness. So why do people fail? Why don't people do things that they should be doing? It's like, do you you need, you know, for example, like significant amounts of intelligence to go and do, go to the gym? It's like, no, you don't need that. And I think the answer is overwhelm. I think most people are so overwhelmed with life and so stressed out about things that they don't do the things they should be doing or they don't focus on the right things. So, in my opinion, the very first thing that anyone should do, in order to free up mental capacity, and to be able to then apply and do all these things, because like going and working your values takes tremendous like mental like mental like thought power, and it requires tremendous commitment because it's a process. It's like you don't just sit down and go you know, like like these are my top five values. In order, it's like or you can sit down and do that. It will take you half an hour or an hour, and, and You'll, you'll try and live that and excited this for a while. And you'll find that you dislike yourself when you're living in alignment with those values that you said is you, right? Because because they're, they're who you thought you are, not who you actually are. So how, how do you deal with overwhelm? Well, you write down everything that you think about. It's like, like you can literally sit down and you, you, get, you get a pad of paper. And just sit down and write, like, everything that you should be doing. So you can write, like, a massive to-do list, right? Because I I, I I still do this occasion, right? Because I have a lot going on. I have a team. I have a business, everything, right? You know, I do a lot of like, martial arts that I'm also trying to improve at. I'm trying to get fitter and go to the gym and all that kind of stuff. I'm doing quite a lot of things. And so I need to deal in um, – in relentless by tim grover the book he talks about the difference between pressure and stress he's like pressure can make diamonds or pressure can crush brains you know and like so the way he, di- he differentiates between positive pressure and negative pressure which is called stress is it's like how well are you dealing with it how overwhelmed are you is there too much pressure so the way you deal with it is you write down a full to do list and you write down like all the sources like input into your brain for example are you watching the news all the time you know like are are you listening to lots of music are you always on social media and getting into like arguments in the comments of of shit random black political posts are you speaking to a lot to your friends who like politics is a huge one right are you speaking to your friends and your family either online or offline about things like politics about whether you should have a vaccination or not about like all all that kind of stuff which I'm not even going to touch on but it's like there's so many things where people put their time, their mental energy. And it's like so write all those things down, and then go like, well, what is it I'm trying to do? You know, so like, I want to go to the gym more regularly. It Might be a nice place to start. You know, I, I want to have more order in my life, and it's Jordan Peterson would say like, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my room tidy for for three weeks. If I can do that, I'll, I'll feel some level of accomplishment. You know, I want to turn up for work on time because I'm always late. Right, there's lots of applications to this. Well, look at all your to do list decide what are the things that I'm actually going to do and what are the things that I'm not going to do. Because if you have a list of like 20 things and you're trying to do all of them, it's like you're going to be overwhelmed. You can't do that. Select like what's the most important thing, one thing that I can focus on right now and I can go away and I can do it. I'm going to feel some sense of accomplishment for doing it. And now there's one less thing on the to-do list. And it's like you're going to do way better actually going completing that one thing. Than trying to do like doing none of the twenty, because everyone's trying to do the twenty and everyone's doing nothing. So if you go and do one thing, you'll be one step ahead of everyone else. And you need to look at what are the all the inputs. It's like perhaps I stop watching the news for three hours a day. Perhaps I'm, I'm I'm gonna like delete Instagram, and for sure I'll I'll re-download it because I'm human and and that happens. But every time I catch myself doing it. I'm going to be accepting of the fact that it happened. I'm going to beat myself up for it. And I'm going to uninstall Instagram, for example. And so it's, it's dealing with your to-do list in that order and reducing the inputs in your life to free up mental capacity. That's that's the way to begin. And I, I could be like, the, you know, the one thing is stop watching the news, but it's like, that's oversimplifying the problem. You need to reduce overwhelm. Which is reducing the amount of shits you're absorbing into your brain, right? And it doesn't even have to be shit. They could all be good things. But if you're trying to like, you know, go to go to martial arts classes and go to the gym, which is what I'm doing, and run a business and read lots of books and you know like do like training courses and programs, it's like when you're trying to do all of that, it becomes overwhelming. So like I I right now, it I'm not listening to any new books. I'm just re-listening to old books that are good. So I can just listen to them fast. I don't have to like take notes and stuff. I can just listen to it. And I'm not, I'm not doing any new courses. I'm working with a number of coaches and different things, but I'm not like going through a program with set, like you need to like do this, 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 at this times. So I've removed some good stuff so I can do focus on even, the even better ones. You know, So it's, it's that. It's like you have to reduce the, the amount of mental demand in your brain. And you have to be very specific with how you apply that focus. That's the way you're going to move forward.
0: Very interesting. Yeah, I think that you're right. It's about reducing the cognitive load of stuff you could be doing in place of stuff that you really believe in doing. And that's really powerful. So for people listening, tell us, uh, Tim, what are your goals for people reaching out?
1: So my goals right now, Uh, I am looking to grow my business. Uh, I want to hit 100,000 in the next kind of like six to nine months. Definitely before the end of 2022. I want to hit 100,000 USD in turnover for my business a month. That is the biggest thing that I'm working towards right now. Uh, I'm also studying, studying? Yeah, studying uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I'm training that three, four times a week. And I'm working towards my blue belt. And third, I'm trying to get in shape. And so I'm going to the gym. I'm working with a coach named Nicky Bra, uh, who's the self-proclaimed god of hormones, but he's very legit and very good. Uh, he takes a very like hormonal view and approach of, of fitness training and diet. He's I, I like him. He's good definitely not vegan so if you're a vegan do not look him up but he, he's very he's very meat-based but very very good um those are the three things that i'm working on right now other things i'm looking to move to london at some point during 2022 as well but beyond that it's mainly just business business fitness and health that's what i'm working
0: amazing tim looking forward so much to seeing your progress thank you so much for your time today speak soon
1: thank you Gigi. thanks man